welcome to Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk with your host, C.J. Reynolds. For those of you that don't know, my name is C.J. Reynolds. I'm a teacher. I teach ninth grade English, and I teach an elective called History of Hip-Hop at uh, a school in West Philadelphia. And I started a YouTube channel about three months ago called Real Rap with the Reynolds. And so, well, I started a YouTube channel last summer where my family and I were doing like teacher or like family videos. And then when my son's interest kind of waned from that, I started doing teacher tip videos because it's like the, one of the greatest honors of my life to be a teacher. And so uh, I just remember like when I started teaching that th there was nothing online. There were no other teachers doing this stuff or putting anything out that I thought applied to who I was. And so I thought would just make videos that I wish did when I had started teaching. And so I've gotten a lot of really great feedback on it. It's been really, really fun. And then I get to meet all these other great people like, uh, like Miss May oh, and no. the sleepy teacher <laughs> and all these other characters that exist on YouTube. So it's cool. <laughs> so it, in like, in short, that's kind of, that's my, my deal. What about you, Miss May? Well, I'm Miss May. Um, I've been teaching for 14 years. I teach in Houston, Texas. I'm currently teaching. I did in my, the beginning of my career, I taught third grade for five years and I became very exhausted with the state testing. So I asked my principal for a change. I loved third grade, but I disliked the state testing. And so she granted me first grade, which um, I've been in ever since. And I absolutely love it. I would love to teach kindergarten someday, but if I don't, it's all good. I, I still, I love first grade. Um, I'm originally from Des Moines, Iowa. I moved here to Texas 15 years ago and been a Texan ever since. Love what I do. I started YouTube about a year ago. I had a, an, I had an account for a very long time, but I really started getting into videos last summer, but I wasn't very consistent. And I really just started becoming consistent about six months ago. And like the Reynolds said, I met I've met some fabulous teachers on here, like Kate, the sleepy teacher, of course, Reynolds, my fave, um, a classroom diva. Just met a lot of good teachers out there and getting a lot of inspiration because even though like Reynolds and I have taught for a while, you can still get inspiration from other teachers, whether they're a first year teacher or a vet vet teacher. So absolutely love it. Yeah. So that's my story. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's great. So I wanted to ask you, um, kind of what is your, so like we had text a little bit before this, so this isn't right. Um, what Hold is on, Reynolds, the Netherlands is here? Whoa. The, wow. Jake's bro. Wow. Worldwide web is real. There's Whoa, it's really it is. someone here okay. is from the UK or they said, um, it just, Thanks so much oh, for people that are just showing awesome. up. Um, thank you, thank you. So, so Jake came is from the Netherlands. Came via the Gary video. Yes, I am. Uh, so I, I do want to talk about that a little bit. Um, yeah. But I 
I wanted to first just ask you why why teaching for you? Like what's something that like either keeps you in the classroom or what do you what do you love about it? What um just so people can kind of maybe get a sense of like who we are and why we're doing what we're doing. Okay. Um what really keeps me in the classroom is the happiness of the kiddos. Like if people have followed my channel or my blog and know me, know that my classroom truly runs on happiness, laughter, and kindness. And what keeps me going is knowing that every morning when those kids walk in my room, they want to be in my room. Or when they leave at the end of the day, they don't want to leave my room. That's what keeps me going every single day. That's the reason why I do it. I want kids to know that when they come to school, they have to, yes, they have to learn and we are going to learn and I have high expectations. But while doing that, school can be fun and we can have a good time while we're doing all those things. But that's what really keeps me going is how happy the kids are um, every single day. Yeah, I, I agree. So I think um, one of my favorite things, and I don't think I, I don't think I thought of this because I don't think college really prepares you for like no. how to build relationships with students. It's kind of like, right. it's kind of like sitting in a classroom whim and they're like showing you videos and you're taking notes on it. And then right. finally throw you into a pool and you've never actually swam before. And so that's what teaching feels like to me a lot. And so one of my favorite things that I didn't know was going to be that was building relationships with students and how that solves a thousand problems like right off the bat you are preaching so, yes so like from uh from so i got i got a letter yesterday i got a lot of letters this week i have a there's a teacher at my school miss maloney who has the kids write like teacher appreciation notes to other teachers and so i get uh -huh. one yesterday from a student that i did not know even liked me um and it oh. was two pages long it was really really nice like Aww. like um sometimes i kind of feel like you're my best friend or i like when you talk Aww. to me for real like not like other people talked to me before and just a hundred nice things and i just thought Ow. you know the funny thing is you just don't always know what your impact is and although i'm always trying to create yeah. relationships those are the things that like to make a kid's better just by talking to them, just by making your room a place where they feel comfortable, that they love showing up to every yes. day, that they, no one wants to ever be in, in school, in high school, but they never want to leave at the end of the day either. They just stay forever and sit on my couch and talk to me and ask me what I'm doing tonight. What are you having for dinner? Are you and Brody doing oh. anything tonight? Are you and Marley doing anything uh, tonight? Oh. And so oh. those are, uh, you know, that's, that's what kind of keeps me around is that that's it's amazing it's 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 amazing Reynolds and that's why I'm glad I found you man because it's just so awesome to hear that coming from a high school teacher especially in West Philadelphia you know what I mean your passion just shines through and when I started watching your videos I can remember I caught one video and then I just and it was when you and the fam were going to vote and ever I just started binge watching your videos and then just seeing you interact, I loved it. I loved it. And ever since that video, I said, I have to see what this guy is about. And I am so glad I did because it was just, I just fell in love with how you are with those boys. 
and your passion and your drive. And like you said, a lot of people want these like magic fixes for classroom behavior. And it's really not, what it is, is just building a relationship with those kiddos, having lunch with them, talking to them, getting to know them besides just the content. Like that fixes like 99.9 of your issues if you build yes. those relationships. So that just speaks volumes. And I'm glad you, you said that. Yeah. So actually, uh, the teacher said, King will be battle with the amount of content in the curriculum and the obsession with testing. How does America compare? Um, <laughs> we love testing. It's, it's like the, the number one th thing to uh, do. In and so exactly. And it's That's so funny. Test. I'm, I'm lucky to be at a school where our principal doesn't, he realizes testing is like, a, is something we have to do. Like we don't get to opt out of it, uh, especially state testing. And so, but he doesn't have us put emphasis on that. Like we don't teach to the test and that's really freeing because one, I'm not going to do that anyway. So it's nice right. to just be back on something that you already decided was going to be the situation because a lot of my students have much bigger problems than are they going to pass the state test or even right. what their grade is. And so, hello, you know, I, I just think I, I just relationships, like you said, fix 99% of the problems. Like if a kid doesn't believe in himself, he's not going to learn no matter what your lesson is. I don't care how amazing it is or how much time you put into it. But if your teaching focuses on who the student is and not on what you want to do that you think is cool, then you're better for it. Like it has to be about the kids. And then you, you, you can well, still have fun and still do cool stuff, but like it has, the focus has to be on the student and not on like whether or not you're cool or doing a good job or something like that. Right. Right. I totally agree. And I think the principal does make a difference in the whole testing situation because that's exactly how my principal is. She's not about teaching to the test she just wants kids to be happy. That's her number one thing and to learn. And so that's why it makes it very easy to work in my environment too, because I think based on your principal, that can make a big, big impact, big difference. And when a principal isn't just worried about scores, 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 you know, it takes a little, it takes a little bit of that pressure off. Just a little bit, not a whole lot, but it does take a little pressure off. <laughs> So what, what would you say, what would you suggest to people who don't have that situation? People that don't have that support and their school is all about testing and, and is more content driven than relationship. Um, you might, well, my advice would be one to surround yourself around other teachers that are like you and you support each other and help each other out. Um, my other advice would be find support online. There's, you know, so many blogs out there, so many YouTubers out there where you can get support from. Sometimes, you know, we have to be the ones to be the one to step up and take a stand and fight for what is right. And I just suggest you just rally yourself around people in your building because every, I know everybody in your building is not test driven. Yes. And just, you know, just get that support system because it does help a lot when you have a support system. That's for sure. Don't be by yourself or alone because you can't do this alone. You definitely need a good, solid team around you um, yeah. to do this for sure. Yeah, I agree. I So I made a really quick video yesterday 
just as I was thinking about that sort of idea where, you know, every teacher movie ever is about someone, one person that went in and like changed everything. And it's never about building relationships with teachers. And that's completely crucial. And so I eat lunch with my friends every day from school. I invite them over to my house. If someone's new to the school, I make sure that I invite them out for, Uh for drinks or to go to lunch to just make that connection because you, you don't want to do it by yourself. It's not even fun no. to do it by yourself. Like, no, it's, it's not. It's more fun to share experiences with someone. It's like, I'd rather, I'd rather like dance with someone than just dance by myself. Just yes. completely frightening yes. anyway to watch me dance. But um, I just think that that's so, so important. And, and my other, I do too. you know, the other thing I thought of is sometimes when you don't have support, uh, when I taught in Camden, New Jersey, which is where I taught before this, I was never allowed to take class trips. I was they never supported. I got free class trips from all over the place, and I, they would cancel them sometimes like the morning of the trip because uh, they just decided that we couldn't go that day. Wow. So what we started doing, and this doesn't exactly pertain to testing, but you'll see my connection here. I started okay. telling kids. I'm going somewhere tonight. I'm going to be at the train at seven o'clock. If you show up at the train at seven o'clock and I show up at the train at seven o'clock, and we get on the same train and go to the same place. I didn't really take you anywhere. We just kind of ended up at the same place. And, you know, I once had about 50 to 60 students show up at the train in New Jersey, take the train to Philadelphia, and we walked to go to a poetry show that the kids talk about today. Wow. Wow. And I didn't have times you can kind of you're creative you can figure out ways around some of those rules um because sometimes it's a little easier to ask for forgiveness than permission. and yes, i think that if you have true. that's true if you have teachers that are around you and that are excited about doing it just makes it much easier um what was that question jenny that oh. someone had oh. someone had a question that pertained to this oh here it is uh so Sean, I'm gonna. I apologize because I'm terrible with names. This is why every student has a nickname in my school because I'm terrible with. Names. Uh, Chandra Samara said, "I'm a sped slash re specialist. I would love your input on how to collaborate with exceptional learners. Collaborate with, sorry, the how we collaborate with what? With exceptional learners. So, if if we're not completely right, Chandra, you can type in again, and I'd love to hear like." Yeah, uh, to further explain, so if we're going off topic, but um, do you have like co-taught classes in your school or what do you do with students? Hold on, like, <clears throat> Reynolds, are it's like fuzzing in and out. Hold on. Oh, I apologize. That's okay. Say it one more time. So I'm wondering, do you have, um, like are your students that are considered special ed or that have learning disabilities, are they in the same classroom with all of the other oh. kids? Are they separated? Yeah, we- uh, how do you yeah, we try to keep our kiddos in the most least restrictive environment. Um, and they have, you know, like a, a para or an aide that comes in, um, a resource teacher that may come in, sped teacher that comes in to kind of, uh, you know, like say, for instance, if they have a struggle in reading, then they may come in for 30 minutes of our reading time and just give support, you know, not only to them, but to everybody in the classroom. Um, but we try to keep most of like, it's not like we have this 
special education room where all the sped kids go and that's where they go all day long. We really try to put our kiddos in the most least restrictive environment. So we do spread them out within the grade levels, you know, whatever grade they may be in and they're in the classroom and, you know, they do the same things that we do, just maybe modified, you know, we have those accommodations, of course, but we really try to keep them in the most least restrictive environment. Um, so yeah, that's, so that's, that's the idea that we go with at my school anyway. Um, funding in Philadelphia has gotten cut so much in the last few years. Yeah. Like teachers haven't had in like five years or something like that. Yeah. And so um, it's tough to find the right funding for the right thing. So one of the things that, that I'm trying to do next year is create. Um, so I, I asked to teach all of the students that have, so everyone that has the greatest challenge in the ninth and 10th grade, uh, yeah. I want to teach them in a room for two years, ninth and 10th grade, so that I can help them and map that growth out the whole time. And so I'm doing this with a uh, teacher that I have in my room with me, who's a special ed teacher who's trained in special education. And Miss Yonkers, who's like- one Oh, she's a doll. She's, she's a doll. Amazing, right? So, uh, and one of the things that we'll do is like be able to map kids growth through those two years and even without that funding. So one of the things teachers that you have to do all the time is like make something from nothing. So we're going to take something that doesn't exist yet. And we're just going to create it so that we can give the kids like maximize their learning capabilities and not lose anything on the front end so, uh, of next year. So what I mean by that is I don't want them to have to get used to another English teacher in the beginning of 10th grade. They'll already know us. They already know the deal, right. they know the procedures, and we can just awesome. jump right back in and just start killing it from September all the way till June instead of like figuring out each other out. And that's awesome. I like that. So it's kind of like what we call looping where you take your class. Like if I took my first graders and then I took, I had my first graders and then I take them on to second. We call that looping here. Okay. I like that. So then you don't have to establish these new getting to know you strategies and all yeah. this and that you can just jump right in. That's I like that a lot. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's, that's the plan for next year. Um, so my friend Dustin, who is a teacher, he came in mid year last year in Florida and now he's teaching, he's finishing his first full year. Uh, he's has a great YouTube channel. Um, Dustin? yes, he asked, okay. what is, Oh, so his, his YouTube channel is discipling recovery and he's, uh, he's also, we're going to do a collab this summer. I'm going to drive down to Florida when school's done and do a collab. Yay. Um, he's asking, what is your discipline policy? So how, how do you handle discipline in your classroom or in your school? Or is, is, your, is what you do in class the same exact thing that the school would advise? How do I handle discipline? So this one's always, I'm not going to lie, Reynolds. This one is always a, a tricky one because I don't, um, I handle discipline with natural consequences. I don't have a clip system i don't have a pull your card system you know if you know if a child is like so let's let's say for example if i have a student who and this usually happens in the beginning of the year um you know they're testing you and let's say i'm teaching and they're talking while i'm teaching so i'll just stop you know my you know i'll just stop and say okay so there's some friends here that are talking right now. I'm assuming they know what to teach. So I'm going to let them teach you. 
and I don't call out who it is. And I just sit there. Well, actually, I get up and then I move to the side and I just sit there and I say, okay, you can go ahead and teach whoever was talking because I'm assuming you know what's going on. They're like, oh, no, you know, I don't want to go up there. I don't want to go up there. And literally that fixes that problem instantly. So then like in the middle of the year, if I have that going on, because what you do, no classroom is perfect. I'll just sit there and wait. I'll just sit and wait. And then it usually it stops that instantly because they don't want to, they don't want to go up there and try to teach the lesson. You know, that's, yeah. they don't want to do that. I just, I just, I'm really a big fan of love and logic. And I just believe in natural consequences. You know, if a child, um, like I, I'm not a fan of homework, but let's just say, for example, if a kid is, um, didn't turn in their homework. Well, the natural consequence is before you go to recess, you're going to finish that homework before you can go out to recess. I'm not going to have you sit out for 10 minutes of recess or 20 minutes of recess. That's not going to fix the problem. What's going to fix the problem is they're doing the homework before recess or during their recess time before they can go out and play. Um, I just don't believe that if a child is talking while I'm talking, go move your clip. I don't see how that is helping fix the problem of that child talking in the classroom or while you're talking, moving your, to me, I, I just don't believe that those types of things work. I, I just truly believe in natural consequences. So like if I have, you know, I believe in getting down on their level and talking to them, I don't, you know, call kids out in front of the whole class. I'll go up to that child, get to their level and have a very stern conversation. Um, but I don't have, you know, as a school, we have this big PBIS um, positive behavior system that we use. And we have these things called paw bucks. And, um, you know, when kids are modeling behavior, showing pride, using self-control, you know, we use those paw bucks to, you know, shout them out. And with those bucks, later on in the month, they can buy things with those bucks. But can you explain what that is a little bit? I'm not sure what call bucks are. So paw bucks are like, they're just like little bucks. I wish I had some here, but they're just like little bucks. And every teacher in the school carries them. And when we notice not only in our own classrooms, but in, you know, other classrooms, kids walking down the hallway. Oh my gosh. Look at that self-control. You are showing pride in this hallway right now. We give them a paw buck. And nice. They, they really, really, really love that. And it works because the whole school uses it. So that's our discipline po policy. That's, I mean, that's how we promote positivity in the school. You can go in my school and not see one teacher with some kind of a, it's like, I, I just feel like those clip charts and stuff are such a negative thing. You yeah. know, it's, it's, odd. oh, well, so-and-so is on, you know, it's like, oh, I mean, how would you feel if you go into a staff meeting and your principal says, Reynolds, move your clip, move your clip down, you know, May, move your clip down. And, and everybody's in the room looking at you like, oh, wow. I mean, how embarrassing is that? My you wife know? does that to me. I, my wife makes me. <laughs> I don't, you know, I deserve it. Stop but, it. So, <laughs> yeah. So that, that, that's kind of how I roll and how we kind of roll. I don't, I just, whatever comes about, I just use a natural consequence. I talk to the kiddo about it. That's, that's my discipline policy. You know, there's times where <clears throat> I have said, you know, if something becomes too bad, you know, I'll say, look, you know, I guess we're gonna have to make a phone call. 
And so when the kids leave to go somewhere, you know, I'll, we'll stay in that classroom. I'm like, okay, here you go. <laughs> Make the call. I haven't had to do that very often, but I do. Yeah. And it does work. Yeah. It's, I think, so I have, um, Dustin, I have a hundred tips on this, but it really, really comes down to who you are and knowing who you are before you figure out like what's going to work for you, especially in high school, because in high school, like not all the things that they taught you in college are going to work. Right. So like I would never put someone's name on the board. I'd never put a check next to someone's name on the board. Um, but I do to give you like a couple of really quick examples of stuff that I do one relationships. So I may have told you the story before where I had a student last year that would do no work. He never did any work. He had his head down all the time. The co-teacher that I had last year was a first year teacher and he was belligerent with her all the time would just tell her like, leave me alone. Why are you even talking to me? Don't, don't even look at me. Like I'll, you're going to kick me out. Great. Kick me out. And so one day I, I got down on his level also meaning like I always squat next to the kids next to their desk. I never like stand over them and, and lord over them. So I said, here's the gig. You have detention with me for one week and you have to eat lunch with me every single day in my room by yourself. <laughs> and so that's what we did. But what he didn't expect was that on that Monday, my wife had made him um, lunch in a brown paper bag and she wrote a little note to him inside like she always writes to me. And then she wrote uh -huh. his name on the front. And when I gave that to him, I, you know, my mom had had done that same exact thing to me when I was in 10th grade. I had a kid that was bullying me and I told my mom and every day he would walk into my history class and punch my lunch, right? He would squish my lunch every single day. And so I told my mom about this. I'm like, I don't know what to do with this guy. Like he's like a hundred times bigger than me. He looks like someone's dad that's still in 10th grade. And so my mom made him a lunch. She wrote his name on the front and... She put a note inside. When I tell you, I never had a problem with that kid for the rest of high school. He never looked at me the wrong way. I, and I know my mom and I know she didn't write anything threatening, but just that act of like letting someone know that you see them and that you care enough that like you, you made a lunch for me. And then we spent the week just talking about him. I didn't, I talked very little about myself unless I felt like I could identify with something that he had gone through also and said like, you know, I've, I've been through something similar to that also just to give him a point of connection. But that's my number one is always relationships. And that doesn't always have to look that sort of extravagant, but it could just be pulling someone aside in the hallway and saying, Hey, I noticed you were acting like this in class today. I'm wondering if anything's going on, or I'm wondering if I did anything to upset you. And that, what that does is it like puts it on you instead of on the kid, instead of saying, you're doing something wrong. I don't like the way you were acting. It's instead like, maybe I messed up. Did I do something to I, upset you? And, and kids, that, that throws them off. And so I think other ways that I know for myself is humor. I use humor all the time. I get away with stuff that I cannot believe I get away with sometimes. <laughs> I I have, yeah, I have a water That's pistol true. in my classroom, a small oh, water pistol. It that I shoot kids with if they act up. The other day I put disappearing ink in it, which really, really made kids mad. It was hilarious. Um, so I would just shoot kids with a water pistol. Are fair? Oh, are you talking? Are you talking while I'm talking? You're gonna get shot with a water pistol. And like, I've told new teachers that before and I had a guy one time that said, wait a minute. So you bring a gun into class? I'm like, you're making something, I'm a terrorist. Like, 
No, it's a water pistol. And what it does is it shocks kids because they don't think you're going to handle a situation that way. Yep. I've never had a kid get mad. I've never had a parent phone call. My principal knows that I do this stuff. Like it just, what it becomes is your thing that you do. And I know who I am and I know I have a better sense, you know, 11 years in, 12 years in of who I am and what I can get away with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know mm-hmm. if I was a personal teacher, I would do that. But, you know, all kinds right. of stuff. And I, and I think for me, that silliness snaps kids out of their regular routine and makes them go, wait, what the heck just happened? You know? And I know. So- it does. It does. It does. It's, it's okay to be silly in that classroom. That's for sure. Yeah. And if, and if you're not silly, be, if, if you're serious, then, then be serious. If you are no nonsense, that, you know, whatever works for you, I think is, is key. And that's another thing I think they don't talk about too much in college is like, they're, they talk about kids being different types of learners, but not teachers being different types of teachers. And that's... No, they don't. They don't. And I think you can be any type of teacher that you are. You just have to make sure that you're respectful and and kind and you you have that relationship with your students because i think it's just not you just have to be silly and just fun and all this all the time you can still be stern and serious but if you have that relationship it makes a world of a difference and i think that's why i feel like i can speak for both of us why we don't have very many discipline problems and i feel like that's why i don't have a type of a system because you know, I, I build those relationships with every single one of my kiddos, you know, in that room, at least try to, and at least they know that I'm trying to. And I think that's what helps so much. Yeah. My wife is writing me notes. Hi, Miss Reynolds. Hi. <laughs> my wife is talking about, so uh, for those of you that don't know, my wife, I tell my wife every single thing that happens pretty much every single day. So, um, <laughs> so we have a lot of conversations on this stuff. And I think... One of the things that um, that makes making relationships with students really difficult is if you get caught up in like teacher lounge conversations, like, oh, um, gosh. like talking trash on kids or like that, letting that be your place of venting. I always think go right to the source. I have a problem with a kid. I'm going to go right to him and talk to him about it. I have a problem with another teacher. I'm going to do the same exact thing, but going behind their back and just talking about it and letting that be my, oh, my, my way God of dealing with it, it can't happen because all it's just toxic. It's, it's, it's very toxic. To to. Oh gosh. So. Teacher's lounge is kind of, yeah, that's, you know, I got blessed this, these last couple of years at my school that I'm at now. And, um, we have the very last lunch. So I basically just eat with my teacher buddies that I teach with and maybe a couple of other like pairs or something. So we don't have to worry about hearing all that teacher gibber. Uh, that jibber jabber drives me nuts. Uh, I, I, I'm not a fan of the teacher's lounge, you know. And if if you are, if you do go, you know, into the teacher's lounge, try to make that a positive place, a peaceful place. I did a video on the teacher about the teacher's lounge because you get many types of conversations that can go on in the teacher's lounge that can be very annoying and very negative. So yes. I definitely agree with that. Yeah. And I'm, yeah, I do the same thing. And I kind of just instead invite people to my room to eat lunch. Uh, Cause then they get to eat with the kids also. And I think it gives them a chance to see the kids in another sort of environment than what right. they need to do. Like they're just hanging out. 
So someone said. Someone said this guy said that. Let me um, say real quick. You know what the biggest he could stop te teaching the kids that the world is round. It's flat. <laughs> someone is that a question? I don't know I don't what that know. is. Someone on YouTube said um, the secret is to stop teaching the children that the Earth is round. It's flat. Um, it's stop teaching our kids lies. Uh, I, okay, I don't really know. Um, <laughs> All right. Someone else said, uh, this is making me change my major and to become a teacher instead. Uh, I'm sorry. There's like a ton of questions on here. Yeah. Um, so understand what you teach your kids. I, I don't know what that... Tell them to explain. So, Gio, could you explain that a little bit? Like, you're saying to understand what you're teaching your kids. Uh, in terms of content, like, are we not teaching students stuff that's actually useful or that's correct? Someone said, Chandra said, I'm at a turnaround school, so teaching is stressed. However, my leader is more concerned about leading with love, in quotes. That's a really great, I love that idea of leading with love. Wow. That's, yeah. That's, I mean, at the end of the day. She said testing is stressed. That's all. That's all there is. And I think that that's, you know, as a young teacher, I don't know if I would have been able to say stuff. Like I tell guys now all the time, I love them. Um, two years ago, I, my New Year's resolution was to become a better hugger, right? This is my literal, like this is what I went into school. They're like, no, so everyone talks to me. This is my impression of every single student I deal with is, okay. yo, Reynolds, uh, you have a New Year's resolution? Because everyone looks like a grown man also. Uh, except for Mark. Mark is my child. And so they, I said, yeah, I want to be a better hugger. I said, you know, I don't think like, I don't, people in my family don't hug very well. And I want to hug like a grandma. And so I just started hugging kids all the time and they hate it, but I know that they love it at the same time. Like they can't stand when I hug them in the hallway, but they're just like, but now I have guys that come in every morning, walk into my room and they want to hug before they go to class. And I think mm, that, um, that's amazing. That's so amazing. Someone said, Iris May said, what do you do when you don't agree with the school's curriculum? Do you have that issue at all or? Uh, yeah, there's some things that I don't agree with and I just kind of, I, I would just say kind of tweak it. You know, I, we have what we call, um, you know, there's, I know, you know, most states have common core. We have um, what we call teaks that we have to follow. And I figure as long as I'm following my teaks and I'm teaching what I'm supposed to be teaching, um, I just kind of prepare my lessons how I feel best fit the need for my kiddos. Um, I'm not quite sure if you're meaning curriculum as far as like the common core standards that you have. I know here in Texas we have teaks. Um, there's some things that I feel like might be a little bit too hard for our kiddos, but um, overall I'm pretty fine with our curriculum. So I can't really, I can't really say, I mean, if there's something like, cause with my district, they give us like teacher notes where it kind of helps out if you're a brand new teacher and you, it's basically kind of like a script for you. You know, I don't do that because, you know, I've been doing this for a while, but I see where it's helpful for, you know, a brand new teacher. But if it's something like, if it's a book, I don't really care for that they recommend. I don't use the book. Um, if I think like something might be a little bit too hard, I might, you know, just tweak it a little bit for the needs of my kiddos. Um, yeah. That, that I roll with it. 
Yeah, one of the great things that we get to do at my school is I can teach any books that I want. So every novel, we read five or six novels, depending on the class, a year. And I get to pick what those are. And that helps with a lot of that stuff. I, I, I often, I don't really think, for me, it has too much to do with the curriculum as how it's conveyed. So I just try and make things as fun and as entertaining as I can. And I really... I think if that's your focus, then you can you can kind of teach anything and you can always sneak the things that you think are important in there anyway. So if I think there should be more of a focus on, I don't know, certain literary terms or let's say that poetry is not something that my school wants me to spend a lot of time on. I always sneak tons of poetry in there. So I think there's just ways to like figure out how to get done what you think is important to get done also uh, while minimizing some of the things that maybe you shouldn't be spending so much time on. Um, right. So, oh, so I'm going to read uh, this question to you, Miss May, because you might have a good oh. answer to this. So, okay. So the gentleman that was speaking earlier, Geo Shifter, said, uh, yes, I agree. It's an amazing job, but I understand what you teach them. Um, I'm, so I'm trying to find like where his answer wow. is. Kids are awesome. Yeah, lots of teachers are repeating the things that they learned from books. And a lot of quote unquote science is based on assumptions and beliefs when you really start to research these things yourself you find that uh you will find the truth and what are lies so for example dinosaurs um and they want them to he wants them to understand facts and what is belief so he's saying that sometimes students like his students will come home with lies rather than like no, knowing what is actually his children will come home okay. with like things that aren't true that he thinks are being taught in schools. And, and what do you do about that? Um, his kids are seven and 10. I think we might have different answers for this, but. Well, I, I mean, if, if he's strong, if they strongly believe that I would definitely, you know, to have a conversation with the teacher. Yeah. Um, I, I see no problem with asking a teacher about content. Say, I would say if, if that parent feels very, feels very strong about that, I would just definitely, I always tell, I feel like parents should always go to the teacher first. You know, it drives me crazy when I hear teacher friends say that, well, they're, you know, they went to the principal or they're going to call the principal. You know, I hate that threat of I'm going to call the principal or talk to the principal, you know, just come to me and ask me. And I would highly suggest if, if that parent is feeling that way, I would definitely just sit, have a sit down conference or a phone conversation with that teacher and just kind of explain how you're feeling and let that teacher explain themselves. That's what I would suggest first. Yeah, I think I would do the same exact thing. I, I've had a number of things that we talk about or that uh, that are sort of questionable topics. So one of the things that we do a lot in the in ninth grade is I try to get guys to figure out what their opinion is on a lot of different stuff. And I, because I think that a lot of times Ninth graders aren't asked their opinions. I don't remember being asked my opinion very often when I was right. 15 years old. And I don't remember having, yeah. I think a lot of my, what I thought was true was based on like what I'd been taught up to that point or what I'd been told up until that point. And so there are sort of controversial topics that come up. And so I always tell parents like, I'm going to be very honest. These are some of the things that we talk about in class. I'm not trying to like push my viewpoint, but I, what I do want is for your boys to feel safe to be able right. to talk about the things that are going on in their own minds. And sometimes that does spark conflict between two students in class. But 
I think that's really good to be able to like, we can spark conflict, but let's have the conversation and let's ride it out to the end and not just say, oh, we're not talking about that or that's off the table because I want right. them to feel completely safe to talk to me about things that they're, they're wondering about. And, and right. I, so I think, but if anything ever came back to me, I would completely welcome a phone call from a parent or an email or a visit to the school sure. to just sit down and talk about it. And if, right. if it's something, you know, because to be honest, and I want to speak right to that gentleman, um, I'm assuming it's a gentleman, even though I have no idea if it is or not, but uh, <laughs> I think teachers aren't always right. You need no. to step in sometimes and and voice your opinion or voice your concern because you have the power. They're your kids. You know, we're just right. trying to help out. And so right. if you have an idea, talk to the teacher and, and you know, let them know because otherwise everything we know about you is based on what your kids tell us, which like uh, yeah. is not going to be known by what my children say. I have a seven and a nine year old. I would not want to be known by what, just by what they put out there about me. Um, oh gosh. So I'm looking, I'm at, I want, I just want to put out there real quick. We're running at almost an hour now, which is okay. fantastic. And it's really funny that uh, it went that quickly. Um, I did go fast. So I'm wondering if anyone had a question that I blew by because I really want to make sure that if you have a, a question, like if you could just restate it, I'd love to for us to be able to touch on that before we before we go. Iris May, Darren's on here who teaches fourth grade in California, and he has a great vlog on YouTube that is has Darren. Darren, yes, Darren, whose last name I cannot pronounce correctly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> picture on there so um do you know kate do you know his or reynolds you know darren's actual youtube uh, it darren? it's okay. darren darren i'm gonna ruin your last name right now or just he, he's, his comments are on the side there he has a black and white picture um, oh okay there we go tips okay, on being silly i want to be sillier i'm a very serious person. Could you? Oh, he said it's pronounced. Darren, I'm, there's no way I'm getting that right. It's not a chance. <laughs> just try. want to be really. Naka Naka Kihara. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> He's just laughing at me. Like there's no. Like. So. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> Hey, Miss V. I see Miss V. Hey, Miss V. Yes. Okay. I'm, I'm going to find Darren on YouTube. Today. Okay. Could you talk about, um, so someone is asking um, how to be sillier in class, that they're a very serious person. And I loved your story about dancing in class uh, the other week. Could you talk <laughs> about that? So basically, um, like I have no... I just, I'm, I'm, I'm naturally just a happy-go-lucky person, and when I can tell, like, the class is feeling kind of, mm, kind of down or, like, just kind of over things, like, I'll just stop in the middle of class and, and turn on some music, and I'll get up, and I'll start dancing around the room, and then I'll get on my table, and I'll start dancing, and so last week, um, I wanted my kids to dance on the table, and they looked at me as like, Miss May, are you serious? And I'm like, yeah, we're going to dance on the table. 
Um, and so what I did is I just played some music and um, since I teach in an open concept classroom, some of my kiddos were a little nervous because other kids from the other room could possibly see them. And I said, oh, don't worry about them. So I just moved the table forward a little bit um, so they wouldn't feel as, you know, nervous. And boy, I told those kiddos, I said, okay, everybody stand on your chair. And they all stood on their chair. Then I said, okay, on your table, turn that music up. And for about one minute, we just started grooving on, on the tables and they absolutely loved it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I highly suggest let, you know, as long as you're safe and, you know, of course I explained to them, you know, we got to be safe. We have to be careful. You know, you talk to them as you're prepping them. But just go for it. Just don't be afraid to let loose and just just go for it. You know, I think sometimes we get so scared of what others are going to think about us, you know, our other colleagues. And who cares? Like, I'm one of those people. I don't care what people think about me. I don't care if people think I'm too free and too happy and too. I, I don't care about that. I, I do what works for Miss May. But I would definitely, if you're too serious, I would start off with maybe even not on your your desk, but maybe just dance around the room a little bit. I play music all day long in my classroom. And I don't know, it's just something about music that keeps us happy and keeps us going. Just, just if you're too serious, play some music in your room. Start off by just playing music. You know, during yeah. writer's workshop time or a, a moment where they're just working quietly, play a little soft jazz music. You know, I, I play jazz, I play kids bop, I play... I mean, I play all kinds of stuff in that room, classical music, um, and the kids, they just love it. They love it. Just, just don't be, a, and here's the thing, practice at home, practice at home, how it's you really would want to be in your classroom. I mean, I do that all the time. If I'm thinking of something that I want to do, practice at home. If you don't feel comfortable yet, or if you're feeling kind of mm, practice at home and then bring it into your classroom. Yeah, I agree. So I, I am, I, my students always ask me if I act this way at home and I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm like a hundred times worse when I'm I, at home. But one of the things that I, God love, bless me. Yeah. My wife's saying, God bless me. So one of the things that uh, is my favorite thing to do is I once someone once told me, and I don't, this might not even be true. Someone once told me that 90% of what you think about today is what you thought about yesterday. Right. So like when you wake up, you kind of have your same routine and your day has its same routine and one of the things that I love to do is interrupt my students' daily routine. And so I'll do things like I have a microphone that I bought at the dollar store that has bubbles inside of it. You pull it apart and the bubbles come out. And I spray paint it gold because, you know, it's why not? And I owed to Prince. And so I, I interview kids in the hallway all the time. I ask them, like, um, so what's it like to be late to class every single day? Or, like... What's it like to be so tall or, um, you know, is it, what's it like to have someone that's an, as amazing of a teacher as Mr. Reynolds is? And, and so it just catches them off guard. And then uh, other times in the day, I'll just blow bubbles in the hallway. And high school students do not want to like bubbles. They just they get like, <laughs> aggravated. They see them and they try and like squat up really mad. Like they don't want to get hit by them. But then they all end up smiling. Every, I've never had a student that has not loved that I was blowing bubbles in the hallway. And it's really fun because then they look like kittens that are trying. They're like, these I know. Kittens, like they're squatting at the, at the bu bubbles. And it makes everyone's day better because no one expected to see bubbles in the hallway that day. And when class starts, it's it. I put it away, go in my class, 
do my thing. And then that's just what happens every once in a while. And so right. I, I think little things like that, that you just, as soon as that idea pops in your head, like maybe I should do this, just do it. Because just what's the it. worst thing that can happen at the end of the day, you're not going to catch on fire. You're not going right. to get fired for blowing, but right. someone might say, Hey, the bubble thing, don't do that so much anymore. And then, you know, but they, someone might say, that's an awesome idea. You should do more exactly. of that. Exactly. Exactly. I so agree. Just do it. Uh, Miss May, someone, uh, Chandra Samara is asking, do you use Paul Bucks with Classroom Dojo? Um, I don't do Classroom Dojo. Honestly, I just, I don't, I did try Classroom Dojo a couple years ago, but I, it, it was a, it was a, it was a lot for me. So I just kind of gave up on it, but I would like to try Classroom Dojo again, but I don't use uh, Classroom Dojo and I just use the Paul Bucks. So like if I'm in class, you know, I have my Paul Bucks in a nice big lime green basket. And so if I notice a kiddo doing something awesome, I'll just say, you know, um, you know, Chloe, go grab two Paul Bucks or, you know, Caden, go grab five Paul Bucks. I love the way and I'll just compliment on something that they're doing. And then, of course, the rest of the class is like, oh, my gosh, I need to get me some Paul Bucks. Um, but I, I don't use Classroom Dojo. So the, really what I use is just uh, lots of praise in my room, Paul Bucks. Um, and that's really about it. You know, I do secret student, um, but I just I, I don't know how to say this, but I just kind of feel like I'm that teacher that just, I don't have a, a discipline type system, you know, extra besides, you know, building my relationships with my kiddos, the Paul Bucks. Yeah. And, you know, praise. That's just really all I do. Yeah. Um, so a student, this is a student of mine, Alonzo. Alonzo is asking, why do I give students nicknames all the time? I'd say about 85 to 90% of the students in my school have a nickname. And that is large. So Alonzo's nickname is, we call him Hugs. And he's a really, he's a, he's a great, great kid. He's no nonsense. In the beginning of the year, I think he could not stand like my silliness. Like just wasn't, he's like, he's like an old soul in a young man's body. And so he would just go, every time I would do something silly, he would just look at me and, and so I named him Hugs because I, I told him he looks like someone that loves hugs all the time. I'm like, you love getting hugs. <laughs> so the kids can't No, The funny thing is, if someone doesn't have a nickname, they want a nickname. And, but once they get it, I never give cool nicknames out, right? So some of my favorite guys are Cheesesteak and Dirt and The Ox <laughs> and... DJ Dirty Kev and uh, who else is in there? DJ Dirty Kev. Yeah, DJ Dirty Kev is my homie. Um, Shabazz, like all these just crazy nicknames that come out of nowhere. You are but, so crazy. But, but one, I, one of the reasons I do it, hugs, is um, is because it creates something that's just for you and I. Right. That no one else, like I am creating a connection and a name that is just shared between you and I is one, two. I cannot remember kids names. I'm so bad at it. And I hate when a kid comes in and I mispronounce their name like three oh. times in a row. And I look like I don't know any better. So just give you a new name. And it's hilarious. Like no one ever truly hates their their nickname i had a student um that used to tell me he was the chosen one he wanted to make his own nickname it was tco the chosen one and so i wrote it on the board and i said tco that looks like more like taco 
to me. So we just called him Taco. For the next four years, his name was Taco. <laughs> and, you know, the funny thing is, now when I see these kids out on the street after teaching for so long, oh. I'll see someone out somewhere and I can't remember their real name. So it's like, hey, you know, oh. cheesesteak, it's good to see you again. And so, <laughs> I, uh, I can so see, you know, I can so see that working, especially with like the upper elementary kiddos. <laughs> awesome yeah but i wonder how that would go about with like the younger kids i've never so someone michelle elliott michelle elliott said i try nicknames but the second graders don't like that (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think it's what i think if i had started doing that before and it didn't work out i would have changed it and did something else uh but that mark garden is saying i forgot him we call mark sour patch kid because he oh mark the five pound bag of sour patch kids who (laughs) took to costa rica that was the the entirety of mark's carry-on bag to costa rica was five pounds of sour patch kids and swedish fish and bubble tea so (laughs) that mark man he he seems like such a sweetie pie (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a good dude he's a good helper in school um so, yeah so in closing out is there anything else i mean I, this we've been on here for an hour and nine minutes i didn't know um, if you wanted to say anything before you no i just you know i just appreciate all the love and support from everybody out there and of course reynolds i appreciate you and um so glad that we connected you know i feel like i have a, a friend for life now um but I just, you know, my my one thing for everyone out there who was watching this now live or who will be watching this later is just don't be afraid to um, build positive relationships with your students. Um, you know, I'm a firm believer in being kind to kids because um, we don't know what they go home to every day. We can assume that a kid who is dressed nice and looks fabulous on the outside we we're not so sure what's going on on the inside. So um, I I just I just ask that all of you just build those positive relationships with those kiddos. And I just appreciate all of you guys coming out, hanging out, and um, supporting Reynolds and myself. And um, I'll be seeing you guys again soon. All right. Um, real quick, I want to. So I I too want to say just thanks for anyone that's watching. I mean, this is amazing. Um, and it's super fun and it's, it's never lost on me. The fact that like you're in Texas right now and I'm in New Jersey and we're like in the computer with people all over the world. Like it's just, it's awesome. Um, and so the last thing I would say is Iris may ask, what do you do during parent teacher conferences? And I, I would like to answer that real quick because I think a question, especially because we just had ours. I, I love parent teacher conferences. I typically, our conferences are finished at eight o'clock. I sometimes don't leave school until 10 o'clock because I never want to rush a parent out because my, my children are, my, my son gets a lot of, he needs a lot of help in school. And so I never, I always appreciate the time and the patience that the, that the teachers give me. And I want to just have that courtesy for other parents because there's not a whole lot of dialogue other than that. I don't call home a lot because I want my guys to be young men and to start taking responsibility for their own actions and not just have to call mom. And I'd like to keep it between us. And that really helps me build relationships with students. 
But I think that uh, I think that conferences are really great. I you know I'm gonna I'm gonna plug my channel right now because I have a video on this on what you should do for parents and how you should kind of handle them and um, oh, on my channel. Reynolds, it's uh just it kind of walks through like how you should address parents um because sometimes parents come and i feel like a lot of parents like they want to just hear how either great their kid is or they just want you to cut to the chase and what we did wrong and, and it's like it's awesome like i have guys that i tell the parents if my son grows up to be like your child i would be real how wonderful i think your kid is Oh. And, uh, and some parents are just like, yeah, yeah, I get it. What's going on though? What are they doing though? And I'm like, no, that's it. Like they're awesome. You know? Right. Good job. Right. You did good work. You did good work. Oh, so, oh yeah. man, that's awesome. For the whole nickname thing though, like how do oh, you get the, whole, oh. the kids and her nickname? So oh. that's really funny um, <laughs> because parents always come in and the. I'll have students go home and tell my ridiculous stories that I tell my students and they'll say, so my kid told me this and I'm like, Oh, Oh really? Like that's, that's fun. Um, yeah. yeah, I think at my age, I own who I am so much that I'm rarely embarrassed anymore. Like yes. I just don't do anything that's going to embarrass me because I've been a goofball for so long that I just, I own it. I I don't right. try and fool. I don't try and be, I know that I'm not right, right all the time. Mistakes. And so if a parent comes in or if they don't, so I had a student yeah. who wrote his last name wrong two different times in the beginning of the year. His name was Miles Liggins, Miles Wiggins with a W and he okay. wrote Liggins. And so we called him Liggins for the next four years. And I, you know, his, the first time his mom came in, she said, do you call my son Liggins? And I said, oh, you must be Mrs. Liggins. I'm so happy to meet you. And, and so he graduated and I saw his mom in Target. a year later in Target. She yells to me down the aisle, Mr. Reynolds. And I said, I go, I'm sorry, I, do I, I forget who you are. And she said, it's me, Mrs. Liggins. And I was like, success. So, you know, <laughs> oh, man. it, it all worked out. That imprint <laughs> for life. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So that, that's, you know, <laughs> someone said, what's the meaning of life? I don't know that I have, uh, <laughs> I don't have uh, long enough to talk about. The, the, <laughs> yeah. Love kids. So, yeah. <laughs> Fab, thanks for coming on today. This has been well, great. Thanks for, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Of course, we'll hook up and connect again. Um, you and Mrs. Reynolds have a fab Saturday. Tell Marley and Brody, Miss May says. <laughs> I will. I will. Give them hugs for me. Give them hugs for me. And to everybody out there, bye. And thank you so much. Love you, Reynolds. Thank you so much for coming on, everyone. I really appreciate it so much. It's been great. Um, thanks, Fab. I'll talk to you soon. And that's it for this week, gang. Look, if you ever want to have your question answered on Sunday Night Teacher Talk, all you have to do is show up at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on my YouTube channel, Real Rap with Reynolds, and I'd be happy to answer any question that you put out there. Nothing is off the table. 
Thanks so much for your support. We really, really appreciate it. And I hope you have a great week. Peace.